The College Baseball Experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Start your engines with Rod and Cody and get ready to gamble on the Daytona 500 this Sunday. All right, already. Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the College Baseball Experience. I am your host. If you're wondering who you're listening to, it's Noah Beanick, aka 77, and I'm again joined by our newest clan of additions in the college experience world, uh, the Spin and Seeds 24 7 group. We have Beeve, Beard, and Flem here today. Uh, what's going on, guys? What's going on, man? Talking some baseball, living life, man. Yeah. It's about to be some fun. So we're talking, we're doing a national preview. We just did an SEC preview uh, covering every team, talking about their schedules as well. Um, And this time around, we're going to do, we're going to touch on a couple of interesting topics on some teams that aren't being as talked about as much. And then we're going to jump into our Omaha eights, um, any best bets that we have. And also just maybe have a little bit of fun conversation at the end, talk about uh, some golden spikes, uh, watchlist players that uh, we'll throw in there at the end. But let's start it off with our favorite mid-major teams. Uh, it's the college experience. Uh, we all love the little guy, and there's nothing better uh, in college baseball than a little Cinderella run to Omaha. So, uh, Flem, bottom left corner, uh, welcome to the college experience. Um, and who is your favorite mid-major going into 2023? I think this is going to be a uh, favorite of our whole entire team, but Campbell. Campbell Campbells. All right. Uh, they, uh, basically, like, their whole entire team was like the preseason conference first team. Yeah. Like, it's uncanny. Um, you know, they got Kohler, who's going to be probably an All-American when it's all said and done. He's first, a preseason All-American. First class kid, first class family, just phenomenal student athlete. We had a unique opportunity to be able to interview Cade. So we have a, a kind of a unique perspective there. Got to meet a lot of the family from uh, when um, Campbell came to the Knoxville Regional last year. So definitely a little bit of unique perspective on this team that most other people aren't going to be able to see. Um yeah, you guys do a great job in the college baseball scene with your other podcast, Spitting Seeds, uh, where you get to interview a ton of guys. And I saw this interview as well with Cooler. So, uh, yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, yeah Cade's, Cade's a first class kid. Um, you know, his team is uh, right there with him. Um, people praise everything. The Camel Camels um, are all about, you know, hard work, scrappy team. <laughs> Um, you know, they they lose a big piece in Zach Neto, um, going first round in the draft to, uh, I believe the angels last year. Um, but they, they have so much talent and it's, there's, there's such a fun team to watch. Um, they're so easy to root for. Um, I think you could see them sneaking into, they, they will be in the tournament again this year. 
Um, I think you could even see him sneak into the top 25 at some point. Yeah, um, you know, that's a great, great point for you to bring up, uh, Flem. So I actually did not list them as my mid-major, but they are my non-top 25 team uh, to look out for this year. So I definitely have some uh, some stuff to bring up. I'll just go ahead and do it now with them. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Cade Cooler, like you mentioned, I mean, phenomenal kid, um, All-American. I mean, just a stud pitcher with a rubber arm the the way that dude recovers is just insane um first player from in campbell's history to make team usa so tremendous honor on his part but it doesn't start and end with cade cooler that's the thing so the top five projected draft picks from the big south are all pitchers for campbell this year i mean that is insane so going into fall ball they had 20 total pitchers 17 of which were pitching at least 90 miles an hour, 10 of which were mid-90s or higher for a mid-major team. I mean, that is unheard of. Campbell's one of those teams that picks up just a crazy amount of JUCO players um, and in really good transfers because they go into a really strong cultured baseball program. Um, Justin Hare has taken what, uh, I apologize, name escapes me, the guy that's coaching Purdue now, um, built the program up until like 2014. Justin Hare has taken over that program and only run with it. Um, you lose Neto, you lose Thomas Harrington, two picks in the first 36. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're returning so much production. I mean, this is a team that was still top 10 in home runs in college baseball last year. I mean, which is just ridiculous. Um, so, I mean, Jared Belbin, 19 home runs, uh, 58 RBIs coming back. Um, and then you have Drew Pearson, who's uh, the second All-American for Campbell that's on that team, 14 home runs, 50 RBIs. Um, you know, backing up realistically for your Saturday guy behind Cade is going to be Cade Boxrucker. Um, who got touched up a little bit last year and wasn't all that consistent, but went into the Cape over the summer and had uh, right at a two even ERA in the Cape, which we all know is just, I mean, an absolute crazy number against some ridiculously good competition. Um, <clears throat> Ty Cummings is going to end up being your closer, a guy that has some filthy pitches. I mean, look for this kid to make some people look silly playing with swords, swords this year. Um, that 110 home runs they had last year, I don't see being unrealistic for this team again this year. Uh, you're not going to see them on a whole lot of lists or anything like that. But like like Flem said, do not be surprised when Campbell ends up ranked at some point this year. They will make life miserable. And there was a very, very good shot that they had to knock off Tennessee um, last year in the regional. Yeah. Um, Greg Goff is the name that you're looking for. Purdue head coach, one of the most aggressive base running teams in the country. But like you said, I mean, in that regional last year, had they not been given the death blow of Tennessee, um, you know, they beat Georgia Tech on that Friday, which uh, we on the podcast gave out Campbell to beat them. We actually had that region perfect. Campbell uh, winning over Georgia Tech. And then, uh, then Georgia Tech coming through, and then taking advantage of you know either cooler on short rest or uh, lack of a third starter. But like, like you guys said, Campbell is so. I mean, they're plus one hundred to win the Big South. They look like the runaway team in that conference. I love the selection there, guys. Uh, Beard, uh, your favorite mid-major team. I mean, we we we're all 
all going to like Campbell, but I kind of went to someone that's not really, they're not overlooked ever, but it's, it's Southern Miss. Um, Tanner Hall. Over, it, yeah. Well, that, that I was going to, I don't want to give too much for, for an award later on that we're going to talk about, but Southern <laughs> Miss is, you know, coming off a region, you know, they hosted last year and, and outside of running into the eventual national champion, they're, they're in Omaha. So, they they lose a, a big time guy that same thing with B, but the, the name escapes me. It's getting late here on the East Coast. But Hurston Waldron. Yes. Uh he's gone, but Tanner Hall's back. So Southern Miss in the conference USA, they, they can be right back in it. And so we'll get to the award later. So I'll just leave it at Southern yeah. Miss. That's my Southern my Miss mid-major. was my mid major as well. Um so gotcha. Um you wanna you wanna talk about Southern Miss? I'm I pulled up the odds on Campbell. They're forty to one to get to Omaha plus one hundred to win the big south. Uh go ahead and talk about yep. Southern Miss. Yeah, so I mean Southern Miss, man. Um, you know, you have you, you did lose a lot of pitching, but Tanner Hall stayed a certifiable ace, absolute stud. Um, you know, I'll I'll let you go ahead and have the glory with some of his numbers a little bit later, Matt. But um beyond that, I mean the offense is there too. Uh, I mean they have five guys returning that hit double digit home runs. I mean, Chris Sargent, who's pretty much on every list um, going into preseason as well over there at first base, 21 home runs, 58 RBIs last season. And I brought it up on our last podcast, Tennessee tech guys going out and making a difference. Uh, I mean, Gabe Lacey transfers from, from Tennessee tech to Southern miss uh, hit, had a slash of 329, 401, 540 for Tennessee Tech last season. 14 doubles, 12 home runs, 63 RBIs. Um, was perfect on his stolen base attempts when he did go. I mean, you just have guys all across the board right now that are making a difference for this team. Um, I don't expect that to be any different. Um, I know one of the more popular picks uh, for mid-major may end up being like East Carolina. I mean, probably one of the best game day environments out there, Southern Miss included. Um, but I mean, trying to go off of what Tanner Hall it I mean, you can't, you can't deny that team. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you guys touched on a, a Sunbelt team, a big South team. Um, gotta love conference USA uh Sun Belt as well. I had Southern Miss down. I also had Georgia Southern down um and Campbell down for me as well. A team that I just left out was UConn. I had a, a lot of trouble leaving them out of this uh <clears throat> preview. And then UCSB also deserves an honorable mention from me as well. But my favorite <clears throat> mid-major this year, uh they're getting a lot of buzz is Grand Canyon. Um the Lopes have some stars on that mid-major team. Their shortstop, Jacob Wilson, is one of the top MLB draft prospects this year, and he's one of the best college baseball players in general. He's, he is the son of Jack Wilson, who is a former MLB player, who's also the newest assistant at uh, assistant coach for the team there. Um, they rehauled their whole coaching staff as their old head coach went to USC. Uh, he was the starting Jacob Wilson was the starting shortstop for Team USA in the summer. GCU also returns their top two starters from a year ago and a Daniel Avidia on Friday nights, who was eight and five with a 406 ERA, 111 strikeouts, only 19 walks, and 84.1 innings with an opponent's batting average of 227. That kid was a stud last year. I look for him to continue it this year. Then on Saturdays, Connor Martell. 
uh, will follow him. And guys, with <clears throat> with more connections than me are saying that this southpaw can take a huge leap this year um, with his game. So back to the offense where we see another big leaguer son in Homer Bush Jr., then add in key cogs like Elijah Berry's switch hitting DH Tyler Wilson, who batted 398 in the whack last season. And lastly, their catcher, Josh Buckley, important position he returns to. So he's familiar with this pitching staff. This team has horses at the front of its rotation. It's solid defensively. And it has some big bats with heavy names. I love this mid-major team. They're plus 550 to go to Omaha and plus 5,000 to win it. Um, So that's that from the mid-major point of view. Any of you guys have any honorable mentions like I threw in there? Well, just to harp on Grand Canyon, you're going to find a lot. They've played Tennessee Saturday. So Martell's going to get to see Burns. Martell Burns, great matchup. Yeah, for sure. Um. So the next thing that we're jumping into, Beave already gave off his non favorite non top twenty five team, uh, also his mid major too. So sorry we we sideswiped Beave. Didn't quite talk it over in the beginning of the podcast, but hey, uh, alignment's not a bad thing. Um, Flem, do you have a favorite non top twenty five team that you want to share with the people? I mean, I think Campbell's kind of you know I can piggyback off Brandon there. Um, I also think Georgia. Georgia has a shot to sneak up in the top 25. Um, they got to run the gauntlet of the SEC. But <clears throat> that first half of their schedule sets up well to where they can uh, they can make a push to get get up in that top 25 before the conference uh, play starts. All right. And then, uh, Beard, how about you? Uh, a blue blood. Uh, I'm going to go with Texas. Um, right. You know, it's Texas baseball. They've been consistent enough the last few years to lead me to believe that even though they're not getting a little bit of a hype, especially like they did last year where they were preseason number one, and then you had this big collapse and then regrowth, it lets me know that the coach can cut. Everybody knows he can. So give me Texas. It's, it's low-hanging fruit, really, if you think about it. But, I mean, they're not really in anybody's top 25, so give me Texas. Yeah, no arguments there for me. Uh, Longhorns, they were pretty much probably like 26 or 27. I don't think they were that far out of it. No, they're not. And I'll take you to another one that probably just missed, and that was Oregon State from the Pac-12. Those who listened to this show last year know that I thought highly of this Oregon State squad in the preseason last year. They lose a lot from that team. Their top three hitters in Jacob Melton, Justin Boyd, and Wade Meckler, but they still have some big bopper, uh, a big bopper in Garrett Forrester who walked more than he struck out last year. That's something that I really take into account um, and value a ton in a power hitter. He had 60 RBIs. His power was down last year, but expect him to bring it back up as the leader of this offense this season. Travis Bazana was also a contact monster at the top of the order in the second half of the season who batted 305 with 14 stolen bases. And then incoming freshman uh, Gavin Turley is ultra talented. Keep your eye on him Um, with this like Tampa Bay Rays kind of pitching depth um, in Oregon state. uh, Their bullpen is tremendous. Their postseason experience is there and Mitch Canham at the helm. We'd be silly to sleep on the Beavers this season, in my opinion. Um, any honorable mentions from you guys that you had trouble leaving out? I didn't really put any down for this one. I just like the mid-majors. <laughs> uh, Oregon State is, is a great because call. Of, depending great. on that's a great call because it's one of those teams. They're, I mean, they're kind of like a 
they're kind of like an organization that that just yeah they're just they're just always going to be there you're you're never yeah. going to have when's the last time you thought of like an Oregon State team and you're like man they were really bad this year it just doesn't yeah those things don't exist I would say another one that nerves me in the Pac-12 more than Oregon who did get ranked for like in my opinion I know um it, it's Arizona they can absolutely mash the ball um just another name in the Pac-12 just keep your eye on any anything else from you guys on honorable mentions um before we get into our next section let me tell you about our headline sponsor WinBet WinBet is the official sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's build-your-own bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. The offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Um, last little fun topic that we have listed here is most overrated top 25 team. So, um, we talked about our not, favorite non top 25 teams. Beef, do you want to lead us off with overrated top 25 team? Yeah. And I, I have a feeling that this is probably going to be a, a common one, uh, amongst the team, but uh, we'll see. It, it's got to be Maryland to me. Uh, I mean, if for anything, just due to the lack of competition. Uh, I mean, they mashed the ball last year, a lot of home runs. I mean, what was it? I, second uh, in the country in home runs. But to me, it's <clears throat> who did they really face? Uh, I mean, when you're not facing top tier pitching and stuff week in and week out and you have above average hitters, you're going to you're going to crank the ball. Um so I mean, they they did have some solid wins. It definitely is a strong team. Uh, so I'm I'm not just trying to destroy that team whatsoever. Uh, they do have a fairly solid rotation, but once again, it, level of competition juices the numbers a good bit. I just think 13 is way too high. Uh, if you would have started them off maybe like 22, 23, I think that's probably a little bit more realistic based on where they're at. But I tell you what, start of the season, we're going to find out real quick what that team's made of. Um, for both Ole Miss and for, for Maryland. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. I think that game realistically, though, um, has a lot more for Maryland to try to prove they belong than Ole Miss does because sure. of what obviously what Ole Miss accomplished last year. <laughs> yeah, and this is actually my overrated team too. Uh, a little bit of Big Ten on Big Ten crime here from me. Um, being the guy that's in the north from this podcast, uh, you wouldn't, you maybe wouldn't expect it, but I'm right there with you on the Terps. And my simple stance is this. Their pitching took a hit when Ryan Ramsey left this offseason, and they have two horses in Jason Savicool and Nick Dean. Although I was – like I thought highly of Dean going into last year and was really let down um, for most of that year. After the two, after those two starters, they lacked pitching depth for me. And they also lost a ton of offensive production from a year ago. They may be good enough to go unscathed and stay ranked in the uh, top 25 through big 10 play. But at the end of the year, I'm just not buying into the Terps in 2023 after all, 
UConn came out of their home regional last year. So uh, that says something when the Northeast team hasn't really been to Omaha since Stony Brook. So, yeah. And UConn is a guy that's nine and three that has like a 60 RA. Hey, I I want it to happen. I had UConn very close to my Omaha eight this year. Stony Brook. That hurt. (laughs) God, that hurt. Yeah, sorry, Beard. Uh, a little bit of ricochet, ricochet shot. Flem, do you have an overrated top 25 team? I'm going to go with Alabama. I know they've gotten some love this year in the top 25. I think in our SEC we had them, what, ranked like 12th? Was that yeah. right? Something yeah. around? 12th. Yeah, they're sitting between 20 and 25 in some polls. Um, you know, the, the 12th best SEC team is not the 20th best team in the country with so much talent. So. Um, you know, they lost Zane to Tennessee. Big, you know, that, that probably their biggest bat in the lineup. Um, they just have a bunch of holes to fill, and you know, I'm kind of prove, prove me wrong type deal. That's the yeah. thing is though, they don't have a lot of holes to fill. They returned seven of nine starters. It was just the bat wasn't wasn't hitting the ball. I mean, their starting rotation it arguably is the most consistent in the SEC outside of Tennessee right now. I mean, they return a ridiculous amount of guys. Um, I mean, Bohan and the bats that they added. I mean, the bats that they did add from Tennessee Tech have been proven to work well against SEC pitching. So, I mean, I that's one I'd, I'd actually disagree with. I'd say they're probably pretty properly rated. If anything, maybe down to like 20 to, 20 to 25, I think is pretty fair. Beard, how about you? So, I have no statistical analysis on the answer I'm about to give. And it's because sometimes when a particular team or an organization continues to let you down, sometimes you just got to learn to just accept that. And it's Miami. And it's no different for their football program. I'm tired of hearing about them until you do something enough. And a lot of people have them right there, like right outside the top 10. And I'm tired. I'm Miami. I love it. I, I love that because I, I had them. I, I, I respect the ACC a lot, actually. Uh, I, I got suckered into I do too. playing. We fell uh, into overhyping them on the Spitting Seeds account last year, Matt. Yeah. I mean, we I mean, touted that and the, the matchup against Virginia and, and all that quite a bit. Every time we did it, they'd get swept. Yep. Yep. So, so maybe it's our fault. <laughs> yeah, might be mine too. But I, I put Miami fifth in the ACC. Um, just – I. Again, it's like, show me. Like, they lost a lot of the pitching, too. They lost Palmquist, who was their absolute ace and heart and soul of that pitching staff. And they bring back Walters, who's the closer, but uh, there's no starting. <laughs> there's no starting pitching. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, a really good take by Beard there. Um, and, I mean, hell, let's jump into some fun. Flem, what's your Omaha 8? LSU, <clears throat> Tennessee. Texas A&M, Stanford, TCU, UCLA, Wake Forest, and Florida. Do you? We'll come back at the end for like just a, a random national champion prediction. But uh, anything uh, from those eight that really stand out to you on why they could get there. So, uh, so I started looking at matchups because you're not going to get more than about four SEC teams into Omaha. That's usually yeah. what pops out only because that's how the regional and the super regionals match up. That's usually how it kind of shakes out. I think Stan- Stanford's your easiest path, only being on the West Coast. I have that much 
their their super regional matchups probably going to be pretty you know pretty weak compared to what the SEC Gauntlet's going to be down down in the southeast. So I think Stanford's got tons of talent, great program. Um, been to Omaha recently a couple times, and I don't see any reason why they won't be back there again this year. All right. Uh, Beard, how about you, your Omaha? All right. LSU, obvious reasons. Tennessee, pitching. LSU Stanford. number one overall, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, this is this is no particular. This is just down to the top twenty-five, and I listed them how I saw how they might end up in Omaha. Hush it, quit trying to put that juju on me. All right, so Stanford three. The the hitting is is second to none. They're they're a they're a they're a factory in Palo Alto. So you know why not? Um, four. Give me Southern Miss. I think they get over the hump. I think they get there. I think Tanner Hall leads them. UCLA. The pitching was young last year. They're even more experience this year. Pac-12 isn't that great. It's really a two-team conference anyway. Give me UCLA. Give me UNC. ACC, there's no pitching in it. The only team that really has pitching is Wake Forest, which leads me to Wake Forest as my next team, as a team that's going to make it to Omaha, obviously, because I think they're the most complete team in the ACC. And my final team is Maryland. I disagree with you guys. I think last year was a wake-up call that you are a good enough team. Now go out and show it. I think they get to Omaha. Love it. Beef, how about you? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a there's definitely a common theme here, right? Uh, LSU, Tennessee, and Stanford, um, I think, are are pretty well shoe-ins at this point. Um, I tell you what, even though that we've talked about how we don't like the odds for a lot of these teams, if you uh, did want to bump those up a good bit, I'd probably recommend try and go with like a, a three-leg parlay binding those teams together you know they're not going to end up finding themselves in a regional against each other so i mean they they pretty well have a clear path to get through that's probably your best bet to sneak through some fairly easy odds um after that there was some similarities and a little bit of deviation from you guys i i think Ole miss is going to make it back um i think it's it's just playing out very similarly to the way that it was uh, last year at the beginning of the season for them i have a lot of faith in what those bats and how scrappy that team is um i think the pitching's going to come together based on everything that i'm seeing from grace and uh, sonia um it, at least from fall ball and going through um i i, I think he's really going to step into his own there um uh, i'm going to go arkansas uh wake forest <laughs> TCU and Southern Miss. Bold from you uh, coming, giving out Arkansas, especially as a Tennessee fan, one. But two, we talked about it on the previous SEC preview that we recorded, uh, losing their ace, and you're still going with them in the Omaha? I, I am. Um, I have a lot of faith in, in Will McIntyre stepping up there. Uh, I think it's just an extremely consistent ball club. Uh, and consistency towards the end of the year is absolutely everything. Um, I, I don't think they're going to ride too many highs, ride too many lows. Um, so I, yeah. I look for them to continue doing Arkansas things and getting to Omaha. Whether or not that means we, they win it, though, I'm, I'm not willing to put that, that on them. I think this is uh, LSU, Tennessee, and Stanford. I don't see anybody else being able to take anything on from, from one of those three teams. TCU, though, is – it, it, they're dangerous, man. Um, yeah. They they are a very very dangerous team. 
So uh, our, our own Flem here, uh, you know, TCU can thank him for uh, David Bishop putting on 30 pounds. So we got to interview David Bishop and in Flem and all of his glory <laughs> goes. So uh, what is it? What are, what are you going to do when baseball doesn't work out? <laughs> He's 18 years old. Freshman. He's 18 years old. Like, <laughs> Greatest question in sports stud. history. And of course, in the off season, <laughs> yeah, he goes, puts on 30 pounds and looks like an absolute force. Um, but uh, I mean, beyond him, uh, you have a great bullpen, great rotation. Um, they're just in a, you know, like I said, with Arkansas, extremely consistent ball club. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome story on the you know, fun there with TCU. But I mean, uh, I, I'm with you guys on like, I didn't want to do it, but I have four SEC teams. Um, we saw it last year, three in the one pool and one in the other. And for as much as I try to, you know, respect the ACC, it just kind of like how it landed for me. I think the ACC lacks a lot of pitching this year. And I think the SEC is going to be able to get it done again um so one there's one and two there's no deviation again for me it's lsu tennessee three's where i get a little bit crazy and i uh i'm gonna get kicked in the ass for it again but i'm back in my team in the sec and that's florida i think they got a lot of a lot of good pieces you know we talked about the clubhouse um i'm gonna try to not buy into that as much and just buy into you know kevin o'sullivan has had this program rolling since like the 2010s. So, I mean, I, I trust him to get the job done. And I think they have one of the best rotations in all of the country and another rotation that I really, really like, and I gave it out as best bet in the SEC preview and it's South Carolina plus 1250 to make an appearance in Omaha. I have like gotten down on that one uh, already this season. Number five, and this one's really interesting. One of my favorite takes of the year so far it's Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons. I have them at plus 3,000 to win it all. Um, they are one of my best bets. The most disrespected team by the sports books inside the top 10 is the Demon Deacons. As someone who follows college baseball closely, I can tell you that they're probably doubted because their pedigree, and it's not normal for sports books to not be on top of their, or it's not unnormal for sports books to not be on top of their research in the preseason uh, for niche markets. And the Demon Deacons have only made two trips to the College World Series, and uh, the last appearance came back in 1955, which is the only time Wake has ever won the national title. I believe that could change this year. Their weekend rotation is like minus 175 to be the best in the ACC this year. They return their ace, Junior Rhett Louder, who won the ACC pitcher of the year ago. Uh, a year ago, Louder is downright nasty with his off-speed pitches that aided him to an 11 and three record. Louder, the first of two potential first-round pitching prospects on this team, he finished 2022 with a 308 ERA, 105 strikeouts, 26 walks in 99 innings. The second potential first-round arm is Teddy McGraw. During the summer, McGraw pitched for Team USA along with Louder. And in the 2022 season, he owned a 408 ERA through 70.2 innings pitched with a 203 opponent's batting average. If McGraw can limit his walks, which he had 38 of them last year, to only 67 strikeouts, he could become elite. Uh, this team looks tremendous on paper, in my opinion. Three experienced, talented starting pitchers, which their third is Josh Hartle. He's a lefty. Um, and then they have a nice lights-out closer in Camden Minachi. He's this – they. The pitching staff is the strength of this team. In years past, Wake Forest 
They've been an offensive juggernaut, and they earned the nickname Rake Forest. This lineup is a little bit down from past Rake teams, but it looks to be top 15 lineup in the country. The Deeks offense will be led by plus hitter uh, and corner, plus hitting corner infields, uh, Nick Kurtz and Brock Wilkin. I'm buying stock in Wake Forest right now. Um, probably my favorite play for a championship, anyways, because I, I tr- like, uh, in the past, like I don't get too heavy in the futures just because I get nervous about injuries. And I also don't want to tie up money uh, throughout multiple months of the season. Um, and also I like to have a bracket in front of me so I can look at some matchups, but I, I feel like 30 to one is the lowest or is the highest you're going to get for wake to win yeah. it all because they look like one of the best teams in the ACC on paper. I'm going to take you to another ACC team and that's Virginia tech best bet here for the Hokies. Plus 800 to win the ACC. They're also plus 700 to uh, go to Omaha and plus 7,000 to win the College World Series. I'm on them to win the ACC, and I'm sprinkling like a quarter of a unit on them to win it all uh, at 70 to 1 because I also think that's the highest that price is going to be. But 800 to win the ACC is just outrageous. I absolutely love this team last year. They lose some big pieces from the offense in Gavin Cross, Tanner Schobel, Nick Bittison, and Kate Hunter. But the Hokies reloaded and power bats are littered throughout the lineup here in Jack Hurley, Carson D. Martini, Carson Jones, and Eduardo Malinowski. This team doesn't only mash. They play great defense. They had a 980 def- uh, fielding percentage last year. Uh, plus, they returned their top two starters from a year ago in Drew Hackenberg and Griffin Green. But they also have a redshirt uh, red shirt starter, Jonah Hurley there. All three of those projected weekend starters come back with tremendous experience, ERAs, and strikeout to walk ratios. I think John Sheff's Virginia Tech squad has everything it takes to be the team after the team. Last year's team was their dream season. Sometimes when all the pressure's off and a lot of people are talking about how you've lost quite a few pieces, you can fly under the radar and make some noise in Omaha. And I think Virginia Tech has everything it ha- uh, it needs to do that. Now, seven. This is where it gets a little bit dicey. Gotten burned on this team multiple times. It's East Carolina. Um, I don't know if this team is worth a sprinkle on some futures, as we know the NCAA has screwed them with tourney draws in the past. But East Carolina is the Gonzaga basketball of college baseball. I mean, they have been so good for so long, and Cliff Godwin is an amazing coach. I want him to do it so bad just to get there, one. And then, I mean, getting there is the first part. Winning it's the second part. That's why I'm probably not putting any money on this team. It's just a hunch prediction. And shout-out to our guy, Colby Dant. He'll be on this podcast at some point during the season, uh, probably more than once. At this point, he'd be blaring that soundboard with the uh, spirit of ECU banger of a song right now. And then the eighth and final team for me, my West Coast darling. I'm not going with Stanford, um, but you do need one West Coast team just by the way that the NCAA tournament bracket's set up. I'm going to my mid-major, and it's the Grand Canyon Antelopes, like I previously talked about on this episode. I'm really high on GCU this year. I, I had GCU in Omaha last year but uh, they didn't get out of that just absolute barn burner of a Stillwater regional. So hopefully this year they get a little bit of a better draw. But that's my Omaha 8. Do any of you guys have any best bets that you left out? Mm. On any conference outright, sir? Uh, I, I liked like your Wake Forest, your, your Wake Forest, yeah. especially with the value because 
that team is far too talented to not to be overlooked. Yeah. And they're they're in a conference where they really it's a good conference, but like you said, the pitching, I mean they they clearly have the best pitching. Well, so I like they were that last year too though. And yeah, that's true. That's what happened? Cool. They lost to Maryland. Yeah. I'll take you to my backyard, uh, the Mac. You can get some outrights for the Mac. Um, and obviously, uh, these are conference tournaments. So you need the, – the Mac has a four-team tournament, so you don't need as much pitching depth as other tournaments yeah. here. Um, but you can get Ball State at plus 300. Central Michigan's the betting favorite at 2-1. to one. Um, They lost a lot of key pieces from a year ago. Um, and Jordan Bischel doesn't seem as confident in his team this year uh, just because they're a team in my backyard. I like Ball State and Muncie, Indiana to kind of uh, retake control of the MAC, three, uh, plus 300 there. Um, I'm just going to run through a couple of other of these uh, uh, mid-majors. UConn is minus 122 to win the Big East. Is there any challengers uh, that could give the Huskies a run for their money. That yeah. seems like a nice price for UConn at minus one twenty. Minus one twenty two is an odd line, though. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and then another one is in the eight ten. It's kind yeah. of like a two horse race between Davidson and VCU. You can get VCU, who appeared in the tournament last year, at plus four hundred. It's not a bad look over Davidson in the eight ten there. Um, mentioned Campbell at plus one hundred to win the Big South. That's a lock. That's about <laughs> as much of a lock as you can find. Yeah. Um, Beard may disagree with me and Beef, but Rutgers at plus 300 in the Big Ten compared to Maryland at plus 200. Um, I do it's, disagree. It, it's, uh, you know, if, if you're on Maryland, plus 200 is a pretty dang good price because if they do open up pretty well um, and don't take an early bump on that speed bump to Ole Miss at Ole Miss they can get out of there with like one loss or maybe a sweep they that's the highest you're going to get that price in that conference and then in the colonial uh it's Charleston by quite a bit at plus 150 compared to Wilmington and Hofstra and William and Mary Northeastern all the way down at 10 to 1 is a little bit interesting they've had a good program for a while um in the big west uh B is plus 200. Long Beach State is plus 400. Those are the two teams that I'd be looking at there. Um, I really like UCSB's pitching staff this year. They've got two horses over there. It's not a bad look. Um, And the Pac-12, Stanford's plus 150. I don't know why. They seem like they should be minus money to me in the Pac-12. Pitching with UCLA. That's only because Stanford's biggest question mark is, is pitching. I totally agree, and that was part of the reason why I left them off. UCLA plus 350 and Oregon State plus 750 uh, to win the Pac-12 there. Arizona plus 750, I also did give them a little bit of a shout-out there. Um, And then in the WCC, Gonzaga's plus 200. I mean, it's not a bad look there either. They were ranked for what? I said, no, that's really not. Yeah, they were ranked. Yeah, they were ranked for part of the year last year. Um, and the Sun Belt and Conference USA are just crowded. You could probably find a team that you yeah. like in there. Like you guys mentioned with Southern Miss and Campbell in uh, the Big South, they were plus 100. But uh, Southern Miss, Georgia Southern was a team <clears throat> that I mentioned as well. So 
Um, plenty of good options. Anything uh, from you guys before we sign off here from the national preview? Uh, only thing I was going to say is for the Golden Spikes. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Give me give me Tanner Hall with Southern Miss. You know, as a sophomore, he went 9-3 and three last year, 17 starts, a 281 ERA. And here's the crazy thing, 146 strikeouts, 14 walks. It's crazy. Give, I mean, there's there's obviously a lot of guys you could choose from in Golden Spikes that would that you probably have a better bet on, but Tanner Hall at Southern Miss, watch out for that dude. It's not a bad look. That control is insanely good. Uh, Beave, any guys for you on the Golden Spikes watch list for us? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going uh, utility guy in. Uh, Braden Montgomery over in Stanford, Love it. 18 home runs last year, stellar Good pitching pick. guy that went to Stanford from the Southeast, I believe is a Mississippi guy, um, but played just absolute tremendous ball. And you know, they are going to give him the opportunity to shine out there. Unlike where Paul schemes may be hindered, but I really like the utility aspect of Braden Montgomery. Yep. Uh, Flem, how about you? I mean, you can't talk Golden Spikes without talking Dylan Cruz, uh, Wyatt Langford, um, Jake Giloff from Virginia, yeah, Jack Hurley from Virginia Tech, Jacob Gonzalez. Um, I think it's coming from one of those five. All right. Um, Hurley was on my list as well. I Also, I'm going to shout out Wyatt Langford because I had Florida in my Omaha 8. Um for the same reasons as like Chase Dolander should be on here uh, with Tennessee, mm-hmm. just because if he dominates, um, it's going to be hard for any LSU and Tennessee players in general because they're yeah. all competing against each other with the amount of impact that they're going to have on their one team. But I mean, all those guys are worth a shout. Um, it's also hard. Stan- what? It's hard for our starting pitcher to really yeah. win the Golden Spikes yeah. too because they're only pitching one day a week. Yeah. Cobb um, was a little bit different where he was pitching yeah. every dang day. Yeah, he was utilizing literally every day. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Um, I was also going to mention Will Sanders. If South Carolina gets there, it's on his back as well. Um, then Enrique Bradfield. I don't know if did anybody have Vandy in their Omaha eight. If he if no, they're no. on the national picture, it's because of him. Um, Grand Canyon. I have Justin Wilson there. Um, and then one more guy from Southern Miss, uh, the transfer, Matthew Etzel. Keep an eye on him because um, we mentioned about the starting pitching as well. I think he's going to be a big am- impact to that team. But, uh, you know, give these guys uh, a shout. Check out their own show on YouTube, Spitting Seeds, um, 24-7 on Twitter as well. All of our tags are listed on the ticker uh, for our YouTube show, The College Experience. Um Anything else before the season kicks off, guys, that you'd like to add? No, looking forward to digging into when we can get these weekend matchups. I think you'll see uh, uh, me in particular. I don't know about these other fellows, but uh, I'll definitely throw some skin in the game and and, and get some crazy stuff out there. I, I love to make things a, a little interesting. So, uh, looking All right. forward to the season. Sounds fun. Yeah. Flem or Beard? Beard? Yeah, for any important uh, college baseball people out there that work in the offices, time limits on instant replay, please. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. I just I just want every game to be on like uh, cheap streaming or like 
accessible <laughs> yeah just yes. accessible like I, I prefer not flow and then when d1 baseball came out and said they were going to charge up the wazoo for one weekend of baseball i'm like come on but uh yeah just that's that's what i'd like just more accessible and watchable baseball uh fly anything from you before we head up no man i'm just super excited for baseball season to start i'm anxiously awaiting tennessee's home opener here next tuesday get out to the ballpark smell the fresh air Watch the watch the ball pop in the glove here. Nothing beats a good pop of leather. Um, What's the first bag of seeds you're cracking for uh, for Friday? Lemon pepper, Shinook lemon pepper, Bobby Witt on the cover. Let's go! Awesome, Kansas City boy. <laughs> uh, the the smell of fresh air comes at 20 degrees for me right now. In February. <laughs> yeah, base, baseball doesn't exist for a few more months for you. <laughs> Not quite. We're, we're traveling down to the south. Who knows? I might make a trip or two down there uh, yeah, for a series or something. But, uh, you know, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, you're leaving the better better side of college baseball. I got I to gotta perfect my outro again, man. I'm rusty, but, uh, you know, it's a play on words on the better. But uh, the college baseball experience, we'll be back with a Friday uh, slash weekend preview with all these lines that are, like, newly fresh and coming out as we're talking right now. So uh, thank you again for tuning in. We'll talk to you all soon.